0: so now we're going to discuss the episode at length and our thoughts about it
1: <laughs> What's, guys. Well, well so like first of all as he mentioned last episode that this curly haired guy whose name is completely escaping me he plays Fatih sultan mehmet in another netflix show about the ottoman empire which i actually watched and it's so surprising like when i noticed he just looks so different and weird with like that childish yeah, look that they're trying to yeah he show. doesn't
2: look like a teenager in that one even though Fatih was like 21 when he conquered Istanbul <laughs> was also super young but he definitely feels a little bit older in that role <laughs> than yeah this one.
1: yeah and I would definitely like to hear your thoughts on like that those interactions between him and Zeynep because I thought they were kind of weird in the sense that she's like very sweet to him very like like a side of, of her that we haven't seen so I don't know what thoughts you have of her of like that reaction
2: yeah I didn't think I didn't notice that or think about that too much but I guess now that you mention it I mean, it's probably that I feel like Zeynep had really high expectations of Hakan. Because he's the protector, like he's mm. the person that they've all of them have been training and preparing their whole lives to protect. So she has these very high expectations of Hakon that clearly continue <laughs> to not be met <laughs> by Hakon. So I really still don't see any sec- that much sexual tension between the two of them. I know they're trying to make it a thing, but it's just I don't know if yeah. it's like the lack yeah, of agreed. on-screen chemistry or what it is. It just doesn't feel like it's there. So all I really yeah. sense that's genuine with their on-screen relationship is kind of her constant disappointment at his you know lack of ability (laughs) lack of focus etc but this but this other guy image again I wasn't watching their interactions with this trying to understand if there was any kind of you know sexual tension or chemistry anything there between them which leads me to think I don't think there is in my opinion since nothing really stood out to me um, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing she respects him more just because yeah. he's, clearly a very, he's young, but he's a very committed, loyal one. He was hiding out in the woods by that creepy house that Aisha lived in for, I guess, <laughs> yes. like seven years. But that <laughs> <just> sucks. <laughs> So sucks. And he wasn't allowed to return home, as we found out, when he went to yeah. um, Byukada, the big island of the Prince's Islands, um, with Hawkon And his mom was happy to see him, and his dad was kind of like, what are you doing here? Like, are you playing hooky from house sitting or, you know, are you, are you done? And then, yeah, when they found out his their son was done, like, they were very happy to have him back. But, yeah. So, I think Zaynep, you know, relates to his level of commitment and probably respects mm-hmm. him as a young person. And too. he's a good fighter. And he's a good fighter, yeah. She, they were kind of, they are pretty well matched um, mm-hmm. when they were going at it. So, as, as opposed to Hakon, who still gets his ass kicked, even when he has the, <laughs> yeah to me it felt like
0: like a little brother kind of relationship and also it seems like she's probably been a very lonely person (laughs) judging by her personal relationships and it seems like they didn't she didn't like grow up being friends with the other loyal ones kids so i think she's probably delighted to have another person who she can like share that part of her life with
2: Mm -hmm. and you get a a sense really of the cell type organization that they have in this in the in the loyal ones like they're not most of them aren't aware of each other or they're only aware of one another's parents or something like there's like there's some loose connection Mm -hmm. in terms of name recognition between all of them but if Zeynep had seen Emmett on the street uh, clearly if when Zeynep saw Emmett in her own home like she had no idea who he was or what kind of a person he was and he didn't know about her either but then when Kemal heard whose son Emir was, then he was like, okay, yes, Sardar was really close with the, the former protector, Murat. So mm-hmm. they, they do know of each other vaguely, which makes me think it's not a huge group of people, not like a huge and, you know, uh, hugely unknown to each other, but they're unknown enough to each other to, you know, if one, one of them were to get captured and tortured, probably they wouldn't be able to give up the whole organization.
1: Mm. Makes sense. Also I was like wondering cuz and we're going to talk about the princess islands further on but it's kind of weird that they're from there like I feel like not a lot of people live there currently but you I mean correct me if I'm wrong but it's just like a weird I guess it's secluded but wouldn't that make it harder like they are also trapped there if the immortal finds them there I don't know I I feel like that's a little weird I'm not entirely sure like why they chose that place
2: well, I think part of it is I guess <laughs> the tourists eye of Istanbul <laughs> like these islands exist and oh my god look at the incredible I mean it's it's like Victorian architecture almost that the wooden mm-hmm. houses there have and it's really well preserved and it's there's no motorized vehicles allowed really it's all like horse-drawn carriage although those are also now going to be banned soon so i'm not really sure if people are going to get around there but it's like bikes more drawn characters oh no uh, more on bikes later yeah um, more on bikes later <laughs> 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 But anyway before we go down that rabbit hole so it's it's like a very quaint and picturesque part of this the city to show viewers i also think that i don't know how intentional this was on the part of the screenwriters but they're also very they're very old as well very old settlements mm. the name the official name the prince's islands comes from all the princes who were exiled there in the byzantine era mm. so it has a, a they have a history dating back to the byzantine era which is seemingly when this whole immortal thing started or ne- you know yeah. approximately so you know late byzantine early ottomans so not that surprising that you know they would be brought into the fold because it's not like you know they're brand new islands are new to istanbul the istanbul experience or history i should say but i, I think yeah, the other main reason is probably just how pretty they are and that they're again a totally different vibe from the rest of the city
0: yeah it also gives them the opportunity to show like what an ideal like white picket fence life the family had before yeah. the mm-hmm. parents were murdered and good point you can't, like you don't really have that physical setting when you're in Istanbul so I think it just helped them set up like what a beautiful perfect family life it was before they were cruelly taken away.
2: Yeah the islands are cool in that they're still pretty diverse like there are a lot of people I mean a very small population overall but there's a in terms of like the population of any of the islands there's a greater proportion of the population that's ethnically Greek or Armenian um, versus ethnically Turkish than you would see in other parts of istanbul or turkey so again tiny populations like few thousand max i think on the on the big big island Bukhada. but and also a ton of tourists overrunning them on day trips but yeah they are they are very different from the rest of the city so i think it's cool that they brought them on camera or yeah it, it feels more ottoman almost like to show that part of the city also everything's <laughs> really connected to the ottoman and byzantine histories in this show
0: so we learned that Hakan had twin siblings, which is, like, really crazy. And I feel like, and this could just be a conspiracy theory, but it seems like they didn't find the bodies. Mm. So I'm wondering why everyone is so certain that they're dead, you know? I had could the same question. Like, could they be in our like show? I feel
1: like they emphasized it so much that they're probably going to come up again somehow, mm-hmm. I feel like. But again, it could also just be reading in too much to just his trauma of losing of like learning that he had a bigger family than he thought and then lose like
2: knowing that they're all dead also like on
0: um, in the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's rough.
2: Good hiding skills though on Hakon's part, just crawling. Really? In <laughs> Kitchen so cover. he used
0: to be talented at being yes. protector-ish. He just lost Well, because he was
1: trained for it, but then like after age three, he wasn't anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, I don't know. I know what my earliest memory is, but I have no idea how old I was. But I think I was probably in that three ish neighborhood. I'm just surprised he doesn't remember any of that. You know? It's probably like, well, he did remember, he
0: remembered the mom talking to the plants thing, right? Uh, Because he saw Layla do it and he was like, oh, she's the same as my mom. Gotta ban her.
2: some ediful shit there yeah, so. really. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I, I I just just made and banging just for a second so I, like, so I just can't get over how hypersexualized Leila is as a character just because like even in the scene where her mom is shown to be bedridden has clearly either is undergoing some kind of severe illness or is getting over some kind of severe illness and she's non-vocal and non-responsive and all that even then like the screenwriters found a way to interject something about her singleness. Like right. her aunt comes and's like, Oh, it's time for you to, about the time you got married. Isn't there someone at work that, you know, could be your potential mate or whatever? It's right. Like,
0: and it was like, Oh, all, don't worry no. about your co <laughs> yeah. mom. I've got her. We don't need the nurse. Why don't you stop working? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's like crazy. Find us. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was just so, like, who in their right mind would say any of those things? And where, what, what is with this parade of characters from all aspects of Dela's life telling her to get married? It's just really it's, over the top.
0: <laughs> it's also, like Sophia mentioned earlier, that she seems to live in the same building she works. Like, she has various aspects of being a kept woman yeah um, Faisal even though yeah. she doesn't seem to have a sexual relationship with no ben, definitely she's completely dependent on him for money for housing for taking care of her sick mom like that's a very uncomfortable situation yeah. for yeah and be he's like
1: it feels like he's grooming her in some yes, sense
0: for sure for like sure.
1: I don't know for what purpose like maybe not for a sexual purpose or for a romantic purpose but he's definitely grooming
0: her
2: for something <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean she was wearing his jewelry in bed with Hakan. That's pretty bizarre.
2: And Hakan noticed the necklace. So you yeah. y- all might be onto something with your hypothesis. <laughs> Even though you've shat on our theory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to not spoil anything, so who knows? You guys are probably wrong. <laughs> so what is up with Faisal's obsession
0: with hiring Zainab? I find that so bizarre.
2: I-, I don't know. To be honest, I forgot about that. Subplot completely. Even though I think last time I watched this episode was just like three months ago or something, I like completely forgot about that. So I don't even think it's gonna end up being that important. because I cause it completely flew out of yeah. my brain. But it is weird that for the bulk of this episode, like the bulk of the scenes he was in, they were entirely focused on his pursuit. Yeah, I mean
0: he just likes to
2: suit st- so aggressively. Just a
0: stable just, of young women sense. who are yeah. focused on him. <laughs>
2: Yes, I like that. I like that word for the collective entity. Stable.
0: (laughs) Sophia, you're muted. I don't know if you're trying to talk to us.
2: Shit,
1: I was. I was just (laughs) saying that even from the last episode, it was kind of obvious that he was trying to... Like, he just saw her and something clicked. So for me, it was more like, there's some reason he wants her near. I don't know if it's her youth, like her beauty or whatever. But there's like something... Something weird about why yeah. he like she appeals to him.
0: Yeah, and then her professor was such a dick. Oh yeah, my god, sucks. I can't stand that guy. Like, ugh. She should yeah, take I, the job just to spite him.
2: I think the like so far the only like not toxic male character, or at least hasn't shown a drop of toxicity so far, is probably on Like yeah. everyone else is pretty shitty <laughs> like, yeah. in some way. Well,
0: and and Amir. Yeah, and- he's nice. Serdar yeah 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 the male loyal ones in general are like so kindly looking they all look like very sweet men I don't know why they cast them that way because the women are kind of like intense yeah so (laughs) I don't know what's happening there but Kemal and Serdar are both like the nicest looking grandpa figures you could imagine
2: yeah that's true and they all they they all look like they're like I don't know college professors or something they They do very like academic yeah
0: (laughs) I guess Zeynep and the professor have officially broken up. I Kind guess. of. But. Um, it seems like it. Yeah. But I, I
1: feel like it, it's going to be one of those on and off kind of things.
0: Yeah. And then he was like insulted when she implied that their relationship was having an effect on her academics, which was so ridiculous because he was clearly having a pissy fit about it. Oh, man. I'm worried about her PhD status. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but and she yeah. said she only has one semester left. Yeah. Was I don't she
2: think carrying, she's gonna make it. Was she carrying a book about the Hagia Sophia when Faisal came to her on this in that on that big marble like staircase in her university? She had like, I don't a know. Book. I think it might have been a I book about the Hagia that. Sophia. I'm not hundred percent sure. Maybe our eagle eyed listeners if they caught that they can nod in agreement if this is true and I won't know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like Faisal stopped her and was like, I don't understand how uh a student of history wouldn't want to you know, wouldn't be all over my project my restoration yeah. project or whatever yeah. and then they literally said something along the lines of like I don't care about the Hagia Sophie," but I'm pretty sure she was holding a book about it like <laughs> on her, in her stack of two books I think one of them was about <laughs> but I could be I could have just I don't know I watched it last night bleary eyed who knows I might have yeah and just, it, it also doesn't know.
0: make sense to me why she would be refusing him like doesn't she want to get closer get to close, finding the immortal
2: yeah, yeah I don't know it is
1: no, but I guess maybe logic. it would be suspicious if she and Hakan like maybe he's using that he's using both of them being so close to find out information about them.
2: Yeah, but it's mega suspicious um, as it's mega, his behavior is suspicious that behavior. he's trying to lure two yeah. people with a very yeah. strong connection in. It's like, what are you up to? I wanna, I'm gonna accept just to see like what you're doing because it's not like she's avoiding a trap and still investigating him behind the scenes like she's just totally blowing him off because she's annoyed by him like annoyed by what he represents so i don't think that they're not playing that very well clearly hakan isn't playing it intelligently because it's him but then also zenith is being unnecessarily stubborn i also i just going back to like leda and zenith we mentioned it briefly the triangle in the plot summary Mm -hmm. but it's just it feels so forced to me. Like there really, no. isn't, there really yeah. isn't any chemistry with, Hakon and Zeynep. They're trying to complicate the non-existent love triangle by showing by by doing the like, the cactus flashback. Yeah. cactus watering flashback with Leyla and and Hakon's mother. So to like add a whatever some some kind of a layer to their budding relationship. But then Zeynep, I guess. Is still a factor because all of the protectors have married loyal ones, and that's like, that's mm-hmm. really like mm-hmm. she's a leading candidate in that. Yeah. Demographic. Yeah. But it, was, it just feels super, super loose and poorly, poorly. I don't know. Feels rushed. Like, yeah, it's rushed. It's, it's why are the women being the two main leads who? Like well, one's like a caretaker of her mother and like trying to clearly provide for her family, and she's got a bunch of stuff going on in her personal life, which can make her a very strong character if they played that up more and developed that more. And then Zaynep is just a badass, you know, fighter, very yeah. smart, etc. But their main function at the moment entirely revolves around Hakan and Patty yeah. Yeah. for no reason. <laughs> I
0: mean, I did think it was nice that Zaynep kind of gave Leila the nod yeah. this episode, which was cool. Cause yeah. I feel like Zeynep makes a really good like friend for Hakan and there's no reason why they need to be in a romantic relationship. They don't have any chemistry yep. and uh, they're very different people. So um, I thought that was nice. I also thought it was like, it was nice in a way how close Hakan and Layla are after their one night stand. Like it, mm-hmm. they're really like giving it a go of being boyfriend and girlfriend, not just kind of he's not like brushing it off or anything. Like they're very <laughs> close. And he's definitely thinking of her as his mommy wife at this point. Yeah. Sharing stuff with her. And she's, like, really excited about him. She's telling her mom about him. So I thought that was actually cute. It wasn't, like, very casual relationship. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was surprised on her end because she tried to be so brush-offy, like, mm-hmm. at first. But it seems like she knows that, you know. Oh, like this guy might be the guy for me, but at the same time, like obviously, from the plot side, they're trying to throw at us like, oh, he has to marry a loyal one, so like, don't get too invested in this relationship,
0: mm-hmm. yeah,
1: well, and also, don't get invested too invested in this relationship because that will kill you literally and your family and everyone you love
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: oh <my> God. God. <laughs> But that's definitely um, what the episode says. like I think that's why he was so shocked because he's like first like. All my family died. Second, I can't ever have a family or care about anything more than being the protector because then I'm going to kill them all by not by caring too much about them, you know?
2: The job description gets more and more attractive with everyone. <laughs> like, really for really sure, jealous for of sure. the protector status. Yeah.
0: So in terms of the ring hunt, like there clearly was something in that faucet, which was cool. There was like a little sack, right? But the stone was gone. So now... I guess we're just meant to assume that Mazar has it. Yeah. We're going to need to try and steal it from him.
1: I think Mazar is getting sketchier and sketchier by the second. Like, he clearly has the whole Istanbul police force in his pocket. Yeah. Somehow.
0: Yeah. Because
1: he just walks into the station, like, whatever. Like, clearly he has them bought out too. But, I don't know. I mean, he, he's just... Like, I feel like he needs a little more character development because we're it's not very obvious. And it's also weird about this episode is... Hakan is kind of suspicious about Mazar. Like at one point he asked Layla something about him Mm -hmm. and Layla covers for him. So that was surprising to me because she clearly like knows that Mazar is someone that she has to have on their good side. Right. But at the same time, like she's very suspicious of him. I mean, she
0: has like what we learned in this episode, I feel is that she has so much to lose. They have a lot Mm -hmm. of power over her. Like there's Mm -hmm. no way she's going to be able to like stand up to them without risking like everything so she's in a yeah. really bad spot in terms yep. of trying yeah. to be a good person in that company also i wanted to shout out for people who like me are reading the english subtitles when kemal is talking to adam about being blinded and who did it he was like oh he he spoke like he wasn't from around here oh yeah um, which as Geek told us i think off mic last episode that that Mazar actor is actually German Turkish, so he speaks yeah. with a little bit of an accent. So that's what that was about because I wouldn't pick that up without mm. Esgi.
1: Yeah, I, I also noticed that. Thank you, Esgi, for the helpful <laughs> no clarification last that's time. That's why
2: I think that's why I was asked to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: for our history section today we are going to talk about the princes islands princess islands Adalar islands and Adalar <laughs> figure Island. out what the name is once and for all
1: <laughs> Adalar islands which clarification is redundant because Adalar
2: means islands. So I, I, was, I was doing a deep dive on it just before we convened today and on the name and Adalar Turkish again as Sophia just said literally means islands that is the official district name so Adalar is a district of the province of Istanbul as I mentioned I think in episode one the local and you know provincial and municipal government structure in Turkey is not exactly how we're used to it being set up in the U.S. so you've got provinces and like Istanbul and then you've got within the province you've got municipalities so Istanbul is a province and a municipality and both of those things have districts who have their own mayors. So it's a little bit confusing. So Adalar, it's comprised of nine islands of varying varying sizes. There are four kind of big ones that you can take a ferry boat from Istanbul, from either the Kabatas pier, which is on the European side near Taksim, just just a funicular ride down from Taksim Square and Istiklal Street. Where the the passage where they had dinner in was that the first episode? What episode was that where they had? Yeah, that was the first episode. Okay, <laughs> um, so just a quick funicular ride down from the shootout scene. Um, <laughs> and the um, you can take a ferry from there. You can take a ferry from Eminenu, which is near the Spice Bazaar. You can take a ferry from Kadıköy, which is on the the Asian side, the Anatolian side. Um, that's actually probably going to be your closest stop because the islands are about, by ferry, I would say 35-ish, 40 minutes southeast mm-hmm. of, of Kudukui. Again, accessible only by boat. You can take the municipal ferries, you can take privately owned ferries or other forms of water traffic, but the point is there's no airport. And on the islands, there's no motorized vehicles. You've only got bikes and Horse-drawn carriages, although, like I said earlier, I think those have been banned because the horses were horribly treated. So I'm not really sure how people are getting around these days, or how they will be getting around. The English name, usually I've seen on signs, are either Prince's Islands or Princess Islands. I think Princess is a typo, and Princes is the correct version <laughs> because, as I mentioned earlier, Byzantine and then later a few Ottoman princes/slash royalty were exiled to the islands. Um, mm-hmm. Cause they're, I mean, back then I can't imagine how hard it was to get out there in the middle of the, not the middle of the sea of Marmara, but kind of out there in the sea of Marmara, very choppy waters in the Bosphorus and the sea of Marmara um, from, I guess you'd be leaving from the old peninsula. If you were royalty being exiled, they're very diverse. They, they have a very diverse history. All the islands have kind of a, a Greek equivalent name, Hebe which I think is the second biggest Island has a very old seminary called Halki, which is where a lot of, I mean, I think the current Greek Orthodox patriarch, I mean, basically for those listeners who aren't familiar with how the Greek Orthodox Church is structured, the patriarch is basically the Pope, the leading figure of that religion. I think he was born there. I think he was born on Dada. and I think there's some kind of a requirement. I hope I'm not wrong here, but I remember when we went to the patriarchate, they said there was some kind of a requirement that the patriarch needs to have been born in Turkey. Yeah,
0: I think so. The, like that. I don't remember. The,
2: I think they have to go to exactly. the school, but they don't no necessarily school,
1: have yeah. to. Okay, live. but that school has been closed, so there right. wasn't like there was a huge issue about like if something happens to the current patriarch. Yeah. like they have no way of replacing him because the school has been closed on and off, I think, like, it's, it was first closed in the 70s, and then they reopened it, and yeah. I think recently they tried to reopen it again, and then they closed it again. Yeah,
0: yeah, so in 2019, there was, like, a meeting between the patriarch and the Erdogan and the foreign minister from Greece, so they're they're still trying really, really hard to reopen it, but they mm-hmm. haven't been able to. But yeah, just again, as we had mentioned in our Istanbul section, Istanbul is actually the seat of the Greek Orthodox Patriarchate, which is Mm -hmm. pretty cool.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and also, if there's any more Latin readers who listen to this (laughs) podcast, there's a really interesting book by a Cuban writer called Leonardo Padura, which is about the life of Trotsky. And it turns out that Trotsky was exiled In the Princess Islands, like at the beginning of his exile, because that's where they first accepted him in Turkey. So, if you read the book, it has some really cool descriptions of that time where they lived there. I think they lived there with one of his grandkids, because his daughters and his children also were, of course, persecuted by the Russian government. So, like, if you want to kind of get a literary description of the place um you should definitely check out the book it's a bit long but i i actually wasn't able to finish it but the part talking about the princess islands are really interesting the book in spanish is called the man who loved dogs because i think trotsky raised like some very distinctive dogs that people when he lived in in cuba would spot him easily with the dogs or I may be getting all of this wrong, but in any case, I um, <laughs> just wanted to bring this little <laughs> Latin American literature reference to to our because t- I I love I mean being Latin American and and loving Turkey I love when there's some intersection between the two um, so just wanted to bring that up
0: <laughs> yeah yep um, so I have a very shameful story to tell about our visit <laughs> no, no, no. to the <laughs> it was the Personally, time in my life that I have physically injured a friend.
2: Um,
0: So, we took this really ill advised bicycle trip around the island, our study abroad group, and (laughs) Sophia was ahead of me on the bicycle. We were all a little unsteady. We were going downhill, and I noticed that her really long, drapey scarf was like flowing behind her, and it looked like it was gonna get caught in the back wheel of her bike. So I was like, oh my God, Sophia, pick up your scarf. And so she reaches behind her to pick up her scarf, but then the person in front of her braked really hard on the bike. So she pressed the brake really hard, but it was the front brake. So she went absolutely flying like Superman into the pavement face first. It was so awful. She got scratches on her face and I felt like an absolute turd. So luckily I think she forgave me, but it was pretty traumatic incident.
1: Oh my god! I definitely forgave you, and I felt equally stupid when I break <laughs> that heart. <laughs> I think Ezgi is the saddest of this story because she wasn't there. I will, yes, to laugh.
2: True, I really, <laughs> I really could have could have benefited the most as a non-involved um, witness, but I wasn't, even, I wasn't even there. I think I was in Izmir. I think my grandma. yeah.
1: No, I think you were you were meeting your uncle or
2: something. Would not would not advise uh, when there's the potential for. <laughs> I mean, when I'm bright, there, there's
1: always the potential for for some fun. For I some mean, it was comedy. we had
0: the most ridiculous group of humans on our study abroad, and none of them could really be considered athletic in a normal way. And so, taking all of us on a bicycle ride around this island
2: <laughs> with the, the big hills, too. by the way, it was. It's not like yeah, it, it yeah had huge a lot of hills. hills. Yeah. yeah.
0: It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't fun. I wouldn't recommend it. Walk around instead.
2: So basically, if you watch this episode of The Protector and you thought it was beautiful, you're wrong. Don't go there. <laughs> <It's dangerous> <laughs> and <laughs> exhausting.
0: Go there, have an I ice d- cream, walk around. Don't take a bicycle.
1: <laughs> but definitely take your own food because everything's touristy and very... Bar- I remember the water being like ridiculously...
2: That's easy. that's, that's Buca, though. That's the big island, the one you guys were on. The other ones are much chiller. Hey, da and like progressive in that order I would say they get less and less touristy those top four, top four in terms of size and population islands and then I think the other five are like either have a few private residences on them or are just totally deserted because they're huh. so small but I would say is, is my favorite it's, it's smaller than but much less touristy and it's got a lot of the our Old architecture still preserved. It's nice to walk around. I think Kunal- we
1: went to more than one because we saw okay. the Patriot kids. So we probably went to those two.
2: Yeah, but I, I think don't remember that well. one. Okay. Yeah, Kunalada and Burgazada are. Uh, Burgazada is really, I haven't been there, but I've seen like photos and videos and stuff. It's, it's, I think, it's the smallest of those four, potentially, or the smallest population. But that one, from what I can tell, is like kind of the least tourism-wise developed so it's probably if you if you if Bukla, completely overwhelming though there's so many so many foreigners know about it. at this point it's the easiest to get to completely overpriced and overrun um, <laughs> so if you do want to make a day trip out of it start early start your journey from Istanbul to Adalar early in the day take like the 8 a.m ferry and then do some island hopping, but Buca, they like don't find yourself there during meal times or when you're hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they will fleece you. Yeah.
0: to Mm. our WTF Haakon section, as well as our Cry Encounter, which, yay, is back this episode after a two-episode Losing streak. So I'm very excited.
2: What was the Cry Encounter that you all had?
1: Well, I I think there's one elongated cry. Yeah, it was cut into
0: multiple scenes, but I think it was just the one of, oh, my god, I have twin siblings. Oh, my god, they're dead, which is a fair enough cry. I don't think
2: that's melodramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah but this escaping was kind of dramatic and escaping to you know? like the most predictable place that he could have gone like yeah. oh where, where did he go
0: oh, uh, girl yeah he's, <laughs> he's missing <laughs> yeah no he's not up. come on
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know why they get so scared probably because he's a protector and he can die at any point point. and but... he's an idiot and if he dies <laughs> he's the protector If he dies like everything goes to shit but yeah
2: Yeah, the escaping without telling anyone slash also escaping to the most obvious place he could have escaped to was my dual WTF moment. Because, like, (laughs) if you're going to escape, like, be a little less predictable. But also, why are you escaping? Like, there's so much riding on you, you idiot. Yeah. But I think he was just really overwhelmed. Ugh. (laughs) So unimpressed. (laughs)
0: my what the fuck hakan is actually going to be a what the fuck murats moving up an older generation what a goddamn idiot to Mm. first of all he comes home from killing an immortal like let's think guys this is probably a sketchy time to be alive he takes off his shirt to take a shower you don't need to take off your shirt it goes in your skin you can soap with the shirt on like it's fine so, and then he hears screaming in his house and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna wrap a towel around my genitals, but I'm not gonna put the <laughs> shirt on because Haakon. privacy is more important than intention <laughs> I mean, come on, Morat. He deserved that one.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see where Hawk Oh, <laughs> um,
1: But I felt kind of bad because, like, the whole, like, the explanation, at least to me, was like, What the fuck? Like, oh, yeah, just like he, he loves his family more than Islam, so that's why he deserved to die, you know?
0: Yeah. No, that was messed up. And they did a good job of making you like like the parents and the couple and the life that they and then killing (laughs) them.
2: I'm still not over the show's Istanbul focus and like his mission, the Protector's missions, Istanbul focus, because like, why wouldn't immortal beings try to fuck everything up everywhere? Like, why are they? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, this is like, I'm going to say this until the last episode because it just makes zero sense to me. I think
0: there's some magic tying the mortals' immortality to the city of Istanbul. And maybe it lives in the basement of the Hagia Sophia. There's like something like the Elixir of Life, Philosopher's Stone, something's (laughs) going on there. And, I, uh, maybe i
2: missed in my first two watchlers but let's yes, see on this third one maybe it. I'll, yes maybe now we're gonna enlighten it. us yes <laughs> <laughs> makes sense
0: all right guys thanks everyone for listening to this episode of turkish tv time and we'll see you next time for a season one episode six